It's Tuesday, April 16th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're taking a look at the measles outbreak. The numbers are staggering, especially in tight-knit communities. We'll dive into why these communities are being impacted and why officials calling for mandatory vaccinations are getting pushback. Then, President Trump has a Republican contender. We'll explain why primary challenges can be tricky, even for a sitting president. And finally, we'll tell you about climate protesters who are taking over the streets of London and other cities around the world. We're here to make your Tuesday smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by HoneyBook. HoneyBook helps small businesses manage admin. And we help you manage the news. The most complicated story today is about the measles. The measles used to be old news, but now it's back. As of last week, there were 555 reported cases in the U.S. That's the highest count in five years. Most of those cases are for measles outbreaks in New York, specifically in ultra-Orthodox Jewish communities. Last week, the mayor of New York City, Bill de Blasio, declared a public health emergency and told people they need to vaccinate themselves and their kids, or else. The only way to stop this outbreak is to ensure that those who have not been vaccinated get the vaccine. Uh, It's crucial for people to understand the measles vaccine works. It is safe. It is effective. It is time tested. To be clear, the decision not to get vaccinated is not founded in Judaism. Jewish leaders have been all but yelling into their bullhorns that people should get their shots. So why is the measles having such an impact on these communities in particular? And why could it be a problem to try and force people into vaccinations? We're going to get into it. The first thing to know is that the ultra-Orthodox Jewish community where this is happening in New York is very insular. They're super tight-knit, even in the city. Many kids go to private Jewish schools called yeshivas. Many speak Yiddish and read Yiddish newspapers. Many families don't own TVs. So why is this important? First, the push to get your measles shots usually happens at the latest when kids go to school. Private schools don't always do that. Second, If they're not hearing about measles outbreaks around the world, they might not realize how big a deal it is. In this case, at least one local Yiddish paper is trying to combat that by running an editorial in English telling people to get vaccinated. But even though Jewish leaders are telling people their kids should get shots, these parents aren't feeling the pressure from everywhere else to do it. In fact, health officials say there's a group of anti-vaxxers actively encouraging this community to not vaccinate their kids, despite the outbreak. They're claiming the vaccine is dangerous, and they've been handing out materials spreading that rumor. The other thing about tight-knit communities is that people just have more contact with one another. That's what spread the Brooklyn measles to Michigan. A guy from Israel spent time in that Orthodox neighborhood in New York. Then he traveled to Detroit, stayed with a bunch of Orthodox families, went to synagogue every day, and shopped in the kosher supermarkets. He ended up spreading the measles to 39 people. He was patient zero in Michigan. Luckily, local officials were able to trace those 39 cases back to that single person. But the less people are vaccinated, the more difficult it is to identify patient zero, the harder it is to control the spread. So that's why measles are spreading in these insular communities and why it's difficult to rein in. But why is that a big deal for the rest of us? Measles is a dangerous, even deadly disease, especially for kids. And it's highly contagious. 
A person with measles can cough in a room, and then two hours later, an unvaccinated person can walk into that room and catch the disease. The good thing is, measles is easily preventable. The vaccine not only prevents a person from getting the disease, it stops entire populations from getting it. But there's a catch. You need the entire population to be vaccinated for it to really work. It's this thing called herd immunity. As long as just about everyone in a population is vaccinated, everyone's protected even people who can't get vaccinated for health reasons. Outbreaks occur when there are too many unvaccinated people in a group. And that's not just a problem among ultra-Orthodox Jews. Last year, there was an outbreak in the Somali-American community in Minnesota. And in 2014, there was a large outbreak in the Amish community in Ohio. And this year, a Slavic community in Washington with a lot of anti-vaxxers also saw an outbreak. And when one person there gets infected, it spreads. So what are people doing about it? New York City has been working with Orthodox Jewish leaders to distribute flyers and place newspaper ads encouraging people to vaccinate their kids. The city tried banning kids who aren't vaccinated from going to school. They started handing out misdemeanors and fining people $1,000 if they didn't get the measles shot. The city even closed down a private preschool program that wouldn't release student vaccination records. But some families are saying, you can't force this on us. An anonymous lawsuit has been filed against the city. On the state level, in New York and other places, people are now looking at changing the laws. Every state has laws on the books saying students must get vaccinated. In New York, that includes students going to private or religious schools. But like many states, New York allows people to opt out on religious grounds. Now there's a bill on the table to get rid of the so-called religious exemption. If it passes, the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, would have to sign it for it to become law. But he told WAMC Radio last week there could be a legal battle. Look, it's a serious public health concern, but it's also a serious First Amendment issue. That First Amendment issue could become part of a national conversation. New York's not the only state. Lawmakers in Minnesota, New Jersey, Vermont, and Washington are also looking at rolling back religious exemptions and exemptions based on personal preference for vaccinations. And on the other side, there have been bills introduced in places like Hawaii, Arizona, Rhode Island, and West Virginia that would expand exemptions to states' vaccine mandates. So what's the skip? On a global level, the World Health Organization says the number of measles cases around the world right now is four times what it was at this point last year. A current outbreak in Madagascar has killed over a thousand people. On a national level, the measles was supposed to be dead and gone years ago. But now, as more people are traveling into the U.S. from places where the disease is still alive and well, it's affecting people here who are either too sick or too opposed to be vaccinated. And with some religious holidays coming up next week, Easter and Passover, health officials in affected areas like New York City and New Jersey are really stepping up their game and spreading awareness about how the disease can spread when families are together. As health officials gear up to fight the measles, the 2020 presidential election fight just got way more interesting. That story's next. If you're a creative type and run a small business, working with clients is your thing. Dealing with all the admin, maybe not so much. Let HoneyBook handle it. HoneyBook manages everything from invoices and project tracking to client communication, all in one place. Right now, HoneyBook is offering our listeners 50% off your first year with promo code SKIMTHIS. Payment is flexible, and this promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. 
Go to HoneyBook.com and use promo code SKIMTHIS for 50% off your first year. Get paid faster and work smarter with HoneyBook.com. Promo code SKIMTHIS. So we've been talking about the 2020 presidential election a lot, from the money they're raising to the issues that are getting attention. There are 18 candidates and counting in the Democratic race. So there's a lot to talk about. In the Republican primary, it was just President Trump. Yesterday, things got a little more interesting. Bill Weld, a former governor of Massachusetts, decided to throw down the gauntlet. I'm announcing that I'm running for president of the United States as a Republican against President Trump uh, in 2020. Bill Weld was a vice presidential candidate in 2016 on the libertarian ticket with Gary Johnson. But as Election Day got closer, he practically endorsed Hillary Clinton and came out strongly against Donald Trump. One would be chaos for the country, I think, and, and mm-hmm. the other would be a very uh, uh, businesslike and, and capable and competent uh, approach to our affairs. Now he's going head-to-head with President Trump. But here's the thing. It's become kind of rare for someone within the sitting president's party to make that challenge. The past three presidents, Barack Obama, George W. Bush, and Bill Clinton, ran virtually unopposed in their primaries. But before that, there's actually a long list of incumbent presidents who faced primary challengers. And when that happened, they tended to lose their re-election campaigns. President George H.W. Bush lost in 1992 after a primary challenge from Pat Buchanan. President Jimmy Carter lost in 1980 after a primary challenge by Senator Ted Kennedy. And President Gerald Ford lost in 1976 after being challenged by Ronald Reagan. To be clear, they didn't lose the primary but the challenges weakened them so much they couldn't recover in the general election. But those were serious challengers. Not clear if that's what's happening here. Trump's approval rating among Republicans is high, and polls that came out before Weld announced didn't look good for him. The percentage of people who say right now they definitely vote for him is in the single digits. So now the Republican primary is one to watch. Another thing to watch, climate protests in London. That's next. Climate change protesters have been trying to bring London to a standstill this week. Join the Blocking bridges with parked trucks and skate ramps, setting up camp in parks and squares, and marching in the streets carrying a big pink boat. Police say they've arrested more than 120 protesters from a group called the Extinction Rebellion. That's part of their plan. Group leaders say they want the attention to make change happen. They're demanding that the UK, quote, tell the truth about climate change and reduce carbon emissions to zero by 2025. Greenhouse gas emissions keep going up. We're losing the Arctic. Uh, We anticipate um, food crises, mass migration, uh, internal migration. Um, There's going to be a huge amount of disruption in the rest of our lives and our children's lives and their children's lives. It's only the second day of protests, but the Extinction Rebellion says they're going to keep it up for the next two weeks. And it's not just happening in London. They're holding protests in 80 cities around the world, from Melbourne to Berlin. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you about your attention span. Researchers from Denmark published a study saying that globally and collectively, our attention spans are getting shorter. The culprit? Information overload. It turns out that when you have too many things to focus on, you focus on them for much shorter periods of time because FOMO is real. Are you still with me? 
They diagnosed it by looking at social media. Researchers showed that trending topics on Reddit, Google, and Twitter are losing our attention almost as quickly as they gain it. It's in, it's out. Thank you, next. And researchers say all that content competing for our attention makes it more difficult to stay up to date on things, like the news cycle. Now, if only there was a way to skim it for you. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks for joining us. We hope we kept your attention. Be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And since apparently going down the Wikipedia rabbit hole is one of the things that grabs our attention, the Skim has guides on the stories we covered today. You can find our guide on the measles outbreak, the 2020 presidential candidates, and climate change at theskim.com slash news slash guides. 